This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. How many of you guys have enjoyed our current series that we've had um, on identity the past month, month and a half? Um, I was looking up, actually, I think it's in the um, artwork where it's identity, and kind of the key scripture has been 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. And I know last week, I don't know, do you, some of you have probably been in church your whole life, and somebody preaches and speaks, and then all of a sudden, something they say, you have like an aha moment. Is that, am I the only one that that occasionally happens to? And so last week, you know, when Pastor Bob was preaching, and, you know, he was talking about the spirit man. He's like, when you accept Jesus as Christ, your spirit man is made brand new, right? Like it is all good. There's nothing else that can change to it. It, you, it, it is good, right? And then he was like, but you have this thing left called the flesh, right? And I love how he, he made the statement that the flesh, mic down, is that better? Got it? He made the statement about, you know, our flesh, those carnal things, our mind, our will, and our emotions, that we spend the rest of our life working through those. And, like, I'd heard that, but it just hit me in a new way. Okay, so, like, my spirit man is good, but I know that my flesh is not always so good. Am I the only one? Am I the only one that when I get lack of sleep, I can be cranky and irre- <laughs> uh, somebody's grinning up here and nodding yes. It's not my husband, even though he might agree. Um, you know, I don't get my sleep. I might be crankier. You know, last night we were at a baseball game, and uh, I heard the people in front of us say something about, I'm hangry. Did I say that right? And, you know, I'm hangry. You know, like when I don't have food, you don't want to be around me, right? And so we have this flesh. We have our mind. We have our will. We have our emotions that we have to walk out and figure out how to line up with what the Word of God says and with who Jesus says that we are. And so that's what I want to talk about today a little bit is we're actually we're going to talk about the shepherd, we're going to talk about his voice, and we're going to talk about our identity. And so those of you that have a Bible, I invite you to open up to John chapter 10. Um, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. That's what we're going to start with, and we'll reference it throughout the rest of the day. But let's start with this. This is in the New Living Translation. Is that better? Hello. Okay, sorry. We don't need happening over and over. All right, John 10, verses 1 through 5. It says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice, and they come to him, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him, talking about the stranger, because they don't know his voice. And so, guys, here's what I want us to recognize is um, who is our shepherd? Jesus, right? And you belong to the best shepherd that has ever lived, all right? The best, the best shepherd. There's no fault in him. There's no wrong in him. He is the best. And so right here in John 10, verse 11, he says, and this is actually Jesus speaking, and he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life 
for the sheep. And when you look at the word good right here, actually in the Greek, it also means beautiful, virtuous, excellent, genuine, or better. And so fill in whatever adjective you need there. But guys, Jesus is a good shepherd. He is the best shepherd. He wants, he wants the best for you more than you want it for yourself or more than the person that loves you the most on the face of this earth. He is a good, good shepherd. Jesus loves you. Okay, say it. Say, Jesus loves me. Say it again. Some of us need to remind ourselves of that because sometimes we don't feel like it. Circumstances come and we feel unworthy. We don't feel that there's any value. We feel alone. And we're like, how could Jesus possibly love me? But you know what? He loves you. He loves every single one of you. And so I want to talk about a few things about this good, good shepherd. The first thing is, is that he gave it all for you. You guys realize that? I mean, God in flesh came to the earth, lived the perfect life, and chose to die on that cross for every single sin that you would ever commit. That's some love. He willed, he, he allowed himself to take all that on so that we could have a relationship restored with him. So that we could eventually spend eternity with him, even when we're no longer on this earth, so that we can be with him forever. You guys have heard the parable, right? That the shepherd will leave the 99 for what? The one. You know, Jesus isn't like, oh, well, they're gone. I give up. We might do that with people sometimes. But Jesus doesn't do that with us, does he? He seeks you out. He will do whatever it takes to get your heart and to bring him to you. He gave it all. He gave his life. The next thing is he knows you, okay? Right here in John chapter 10, 14, and this is in the Passion Translation. It says, I alone am the good shepherd, and I know those whose hearts are mine, for they recognize me and they know me. And then in verse 27, it says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Guys, you know, Jesus truly knows us. He knows us better than our best friend. He knows us better than our spouse. He knows, I think, he knows us better than we know ourselves sometimes. Have you ever been like, <laughs> I know sometimes Rob will have conversations and I'm like, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking this way. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. Jesus knows. He knows me. He knows the whys behind emotions. He knows the whys behind why I tick, what makes me tick, what doesn't make me tick, right? He knows. He knows me even better than myself. The next thing I love about our shepherd is he guides us. So he gave it all. He knows this, but he's not like, well, that's good. They're on their own, right? But he guides us. In 1 Peter 2, 25, it says, you were like sheep that continually wandered away, but now you have returned to the true shepherd of, our, of your lives, the king guardian who lovingly watches over your souls. That word there, souls. He's looking out over our souls. You know, before we were saved, we were lost in our sin, right? We were far from God, far from God. 
But how many of you know that sometimes as believers, we can wander off a little bit sometimes too, right? Sometimes some of our stinking thinking gets in there. Um, Sometimes we easily get discouraged or we get drawn away or we get in the routine of letting circumstances dictate our realities instead of getting into the word of his truth. And then all of a sudden we be kind to see things skewed. And he's like, you're going, Shauna, I'm right here. Shauna, come back. Hello, I want to speak to you through the word. You might hear something on the radio that is his voice that's speaking through a song or an encouraging word or something that somebody says. You know, he's guiding us. Um, And I personally believe that I'm so thankful that I have a shepherd that is guiding me through this walk here on earth. Because I don't think there is any way that any of us could live this Christian walk in our own strength on our own. We need a shepherd that leads, guides, and directs every single step of our life. He did not intend for us to do it all alone. In John 16, 13, I love this. This is so encouraging. It says, but when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak on his own, but only what he hears from the Father, and he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. And so this is Jesus actually saying, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to speak, and he's going to lead, and he's going to guide, and he's going to direct. He sent someone to come alongside to help us face whatever circumstance that's thrown at us. To only speak the Father's heart. Would that not be awesome if we could position ourselves that the only thing that came out of our mouth was truly the heart of God? We'd probably be talking a lot less. (laughs) I know I probably would. Because I'd want to have that thought of offense or that thought of impurity or that temptation. Oop, shut. Because that's not what God says. But he can only, the Holy Spirit can only reveal the truth that God has made known to him. So he guides us. This next one, how do you know that Jesus gives us rest? Who needs, who's going to take a nap today? <laughs> a couple of y'all are like, yes. Okay, guys, physical rest, but also just the rest of, you know, sometimes we like to carry our own burdens right here. It says, are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. You know what, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling like I wanna walk away, I wanna quit, I wanna give up, what does this scripture tell us to do? We give it to him. We have to go to the Father, place it at his feet, say it, and we do that, what happens? I will refresh your life. I am your oasis. He's not gonna be like, oh no, that's your problem, not helping. Now, he might tell you to do something that you don't want to do. Like, we'll go forgive that person. Uh, do what I told you last time. <laughs> and then I'll give you another word. But he will speak and he will give you rest. And you've got to place those things at his. And then the last thing I want to talk about that Jesus does is that he feeds you. And you know, you're like, okay, Jesus feeds me what? Um, you know, how, how does Jesus feed me? And what I want to talk about a little bit here is about actually that he speaks to us through the word of God, which is the Bible. And then he also speaks us, to us through the Holy Spirit bringing revelation, right? And so right here in John 6, verse 35, 
right here, it says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Come every day, how often? Every day to me, and you will never be hungry. Believe in me, and you will never be thirsty. You know, I think so many times as Christians, we're like, well, I came to church on Sunday, and that was a great word, and that's just going to carry me. How many of you know that that's not enough to carry you? Coming to church on Sunday is more about getting to be with uh, other believers and to be encouraged in our faith and to worship together. But that's not really where that intimate relationship happens with the Lord. And so I was trying to think of an example of this, of like the word and feeding us. And so any of you that have been to our home know that I kind of have a chair, right? And it's the chair that reclines and it's in the corner currently. And so from my chair sitting in the living room, I can look out and I can see the kitchen, all right? So I can be sitting in my chair, I can see the kitchen, and I got to thinking, you know, how many of you have ever been at home, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm hungry. Am I the only one that ever gets hungry? I probably get hungry too often. Um, I was like, oh, I'm so hungry. So I'm sitting in that chair, and I'm like, there's the kitchen. There's the pantry. There's the refrigerator. Oh, I'm so hungry. Man, I wish I could just eat a good old burger right now. Man, I just wish it would like go out of the kitchen, go onto the stovetop, cook itself, get on a plate and float on over and just land in my lap. Would that not be awesome? <laughs> Might be, you know, some of us eating a little too much if that was a thing. But here's, the, here's, here's why I'm saying this. If I'm hungry, I have to get up out of the comfort of my chair, underneath my blanket, with my drink that's over here that is just, oh. I have to get up, be inconvenienced, you know, pop the chair up, move the blanket, walk into the kitchen, open the whatever, decide what am I gonna eat, prepare it, and then what? Physically put that food in my mouth, to satisfy the hunger. So what's the point? Guys, here's the point. The word of God, that same chair that I have in my living room. Got my chair. On my left side, I got a little stool with about two Bibles and about three books that I'm reading. Over here on the right side, underneath my table, I've got a Dake study Bible and prayer journals and whatnot. I can sit in that chair and be like, oh, this day is just going to be sucky. It's not the way I was planning it to be. I wish God would do something or speak to me. And God's saying, Shauna, the word's right there. Pick it up. He's not going to get this Bible floated into my lap, open it up to a scripture, and force my eyes to read what is in it. Is he? No. So he feeds us. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. It is there. But it takes action on our part. 
It takes action. Sometimes it may be an inconvenience to create that discipline of getting in his word, of getting in his presence. Sometimes you would rather sleep. Sometimes you would rather watch that TV program. But let me tell you, we have got to become believers that put a priority on the word of God because we will not truly walk out in who God has called us to be until we take on that nature of everything that he says that we are. Hearing one message saying God says he's for you and not against you is not enough. Hearing one message saying God is your healer is not enough. You have got to meditate on those things day and night. You have got to feed on those things day and night. And so question here, is Jesus, if Jesus, this is actually a statement, if Jesus is your shepherd, then you can identify as one of his sheep. How many of you in here would say you're one of his sheep? Okay, is this where I do like a corny joke and say, let me hear you? Ah. <laughs> do you like that, Zach? I wouldn't have liked it either. No. Um, so we are his sheep. We are all his sheep. If we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we can identify as one of Jesus' sheep. All those things that I just talked about, he provides for us. He paid the cost. He feeds us. He guides us. He gives us rest. He's done all these things. Now, in John chapter 10, verse 3, let's read this again. It says, And the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd, for he calls his own by name, and he leads them out, for they belong to him. And so I want to talk about that voice for a moment. The sheep recognize his voice. Do you guys recognize that Jesus has a voice? He speaks. Now, <laughs> I, I, I don't have any sheep at home. I've never shepherded a true flock of woolly individuals. Um, but what I do have is a dog. Does anybody have a dog? All right, so I have a dog. Many of you guys have met our current dog, Jack, okay? Jack is a 90-pound labradoodle that is huge, massive, extremely friendly. If you ever come over, he will greet you, just no doubt, with a kiss, a big kiss. Um, and so here's what I know is that Jack... Oftentimes, uh, we will take him to um, like the park at um, either Olive Branch or out at Shelby Farms, right? So we take him out to the dog park and we let him run around. And, and, and Jack's still a puppy. He's only like two years old. And so he like runs and runs and runs. He doesn't always know his boundaries really well. He likes to get up in other dogs' business and they're like, and, and he just thinks they want to have fun and they play and they go back and forth. And, and then I'm like, okay. I'm over this. I am so ready to go home, right? Like, oh, well, we've managed the dog. And so what do I do? Jack, come. And what does he do? He runs to where I am because I called him by name and because he knows my voice. And it's the same thing with the father, is that we have to be in his presence so that we can recognize the sound of his voice that we can recognize when we call him, when he calls us by name. Now, how many of you know that there are many voices out there? <laughs> I mean, we could probably spend the rest of this morning talking about all the many voices out there. So, so what voices are out there? What voices are currently in your life? If there's a circumstance or a situation or maybe even uninvited voices, right? We've got, usually we have our family, we have our friends, we have our coworkers, we have our neighbors, maybe some of us have counselors or therapists. 
We have mentors. We have all these voices that are what? They're trying to convince us that they have the answer to whatever it is we're looking for. Would y'all agree with that? That generally they're, they're wanting to contribute. They're wanting to help um, either for their advantage, <laughs> unfortunately, sometimes, instead of truly what's best for the individual. And then there's also the voice that we have of our society, right? Those voices that are calling out to us, that want to persuade us a certain way. They want us to hear them. They want us to follow them. It could be a political candidate. It could be an expert. It could be an advisor. It could be an analyst. It could be a TV preacher. It could be a religious writer. It could be a false teacher. It could be a faithful shepherd. All these voices. Voices. But whom do we follow? Whom do we follow? I've got a statement here. It says, when we follow the voices of imposters, we get lost and hurt. Anybody ever done that? And it could even be somebody that had goodwill, but it just didn't line up with the word of God. It was not specifically what was intended and meant for you. I think we've probably all been misled at some point. I think, I think even as a pastor, I know that there is probably something I have taught in the past 20 or 25 years that if I look back on now, I'd be like, oh my goodness, I said that? I don't believe that anymore. Is I got new revelation and new understanding of his word and better context of the history of it and how to apply it to a current day situation. So sometimes those imposters are those false things or with a pure heart when they're spoken. So amongst all the voices that we hear, which one do we listen to? Which one do we choose to follow? Amongst all the voices, do we recognize, listen, and follow the voice of Jesus? I wish I could say yes all the time. I would say my desire is to every single time, but I think sometimes I miss it. I think sometimes my flesh screams a little louder or my circumstances scream a little louder. And so we've got to get to a place where we silence all the voices contrary to the word of God. The word of God must rule and reign and trump everything that we feel, think, and experience. That's big, guys. The word of God has to rule over what I think, what I feel, and the reality of what I've experienced. How do you know that that's faith? That is putting into action maybe what I have not always seen or is not currently being manifested in the response from God that maybe I think it should be. When somebody says, I'm ugly, well, what does the word of God say about that? He doesn't call me ugly. Now, <laughs> I may have just acted ugly and need to repent for that. That's something in our home that we have talked about so many times as the year, over the years is that we never, let's see if I can word this right, attack the character of the individual. We bring truth to the action of the individual. So it's not, Ed, that you're a liar. 
It's, Ed, you just lied. You see the difference? So you're hitting the behavior. You're hitting the action. You're hitting the thing that does not line up. And I'm not saying that to you, Ed. That you're, you're just here in a green tie-dye screaming, call me out, all right? He's a truthful, honest man. <laughs> all right. So we've got to take on the truth to that situation. That's not who I am. I am a child of God. I speak truth. But yet, maybe that behavior did not line up with what the Word of God said. And so as believers who have a good shepherd, we must be around him to know him in order to recognize his voice. And who does Christ say that we are? You know, I got to thinking, Rob and I will celebrate 25 years of marriage um, in June. Is that not wild? I've been like with him longer than anybody else. Um, <laughs> I won't talking about my parents, not talking like married to, talking about my family. <laughs> Good job, babe. All right. Um, but I got to thinking, you know, think about that first time that you had a boyfriend or that you fell in love with somebody. You know, it's like you wanted to be around them all the time, right? I mean, how many of you would like stay up talking on that phone and fall asleep on the phone. How many of you would like not get sleep so that you could just be in the same room with him? Or her. <laughs> Never had a boyfriend. Or her. You know, like, it's like you so wanted to be around that person. Night and day. You wanted to, you got to know them. You did things that you didn't like just to be with them. Guys, we got to do the same thing with our Lord, if not more so. We got to be inconvenienced. We have to want to hear his voice more than anybody else's. We want to have to have understanding of who he is and how he ticks more than anything else. You know, and happily married for 25 years, right? Doesn't mean we haven't had some issues. We all have issues. But guys, we want to grow in our knowledge and understanding of who God is by developing that, by learning. You know, like Rob and I, I mean, we can just look at each other and we know what each other's saying. Guys, we can have that kind of intimate relationship with the Lord that it's just like he kind of nudges your spirit. And you're like, oh, no, you're right. I shouldn't have behaved that way. I shouldn't have had that thought. I should stop being lazy. I mean, whatever it is for us, right? So often, we believe lies about ourselves and our situations. And what I am challenging us to do today is that we must begin to apply the word of God to all those lies and circumstances. So we've talked about the shepherd, right? And what was the next thing that we talked about? Our identity, the voice. Number two is voice. So we talked about the shepherd. We talked about all the different voices. And so now I want to talk about our identity. What does that look like? And so I want to ask you right now, and I want you to really ask the Lord to answer this question for you. What lie or lies or false identity are you currently believing about yourself? What lie are you letting define you? And let me define a lie for you. I looked up in good old Webster's. A lie is defined as an untrue statement with intent to deceive. It is a false or misleading impression. And so what is it 
that you are believing about yourself that doesn't line up with the Word of God. I love that this past Wednesday night at community group, I actually asked this specific question to our group. So here's the plug. If you're not in a community group, guys, get into a community group, okay? So this past Wednesday, I asked this question to our group. And I'm going to share a few of the responses. I'm not going to share names, but I'm going to share some of the responses. We had a group about 14 people, all different ages. And the question was, is what lie have you at some point? So some of these have gotten victory through this. But what lie at some point in your Christian walk have you believed that was untrue? First one, I am not good enough and I'll never measure up. Yep, saw some hands and head nods on that one. Next one. This addiction has a hold of me. As soon as I think I have overcome it, I slip up again. Will I ever get the victory? Now, third one. You know, I think growing up, I always felt like a victim. I felt like that my parents weren't there for me, and that if they would have just loved me, or if they just would have been what a parent should have been, then my life would have looked different. And so I took that mindset into the workplace and everywhere I went. I loved this one, this individual. (laughs) They're like, I'm unique and different. So nobody can relate or understand. This one, and this was actually mine. I'll share it. There was a time when I felt that as a Christian in a faith-filled church that I'm not allowed to say that I'm struggling with something. Well, I'm a Christian, and this is what the Word of God says, and so I know it here, and so I can't possibly tell you that I am struggling with fill in the blank. So I just got to deal with all this by myself, with on the inside, because that's what Christians do. They can't seek help from the Lord or anybody else. Another person said something that they had struggled with at one time was that I always put the needs of others before myself, and then I feel overlooked, unqualified, and forgotten. Or they felt like they didn't have within them what they needed to contribute to help other individuals. I added this one. I don't think anybody in the room said it, but I know it's a reality for a lot of us. I've never been loved. I don't know what love is. So let me ask you, what lie are you believing about yourself that is not true? And let me tell you, the ways that we can identify those lies is by, number one, getting in the Word of God, because the Word of God reveals the truth. You can be reading something, and the Lord will be like, That's you. And you're like, what? (laughs) No, not me. Yes. Now let's deal with it. Right? The Holy Spirit will convict us at times. The Lord will even use loved ones in our lives sometimes. Because sometimes we don't see it ourselves. We're so blinded by the lie. And we've taken on that identity that we can't even, don't even know where to start to see the truth. And somebody that loves us comes alongside and is like, you know what? Stop saying that about yourself. 
You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You were made in the image of God. You are more than enough. Yes, you may struggle with whatever, but through putting God first, he will be all that you need. So here's the deal. To fix a problem, we gotta identify a problem, right? So the first thing is we have to identify what lie, what identity have we taking on that's not true? And then what do we do once we do that? We don't like say, well, that's who I am. I'm unloved, I'm sick, I'm hated, I'll never be enough, rejected again. I mean, fill in the blank. What do you do? Is that you have to identify the truth of what the Word of God says. You have got to get in the Word of God and find a scripture that speaks the truth to your circumstance and situation. Pastor Bob mentioned this last week. He said, Jesus himself when questioned about his identity, responded with what to Satan out in the wilderness? It is written. So when those false things come on, uh uh-uh, it is written. Your word says. So what does that look like? I've got a few examples here. You can follow along with me. So maybe you feel rejection. Well, what does the word of God say? Well, the word of God says, I am accepted. Where does that say that in the word of God? Well, right here we see in 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are God's chosen treasure. Okay, I am chosen by God. I am accepted. He loves me. He picked me. Right here, he called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Feeling rejected? Nope. Here's what the word of God says. The one person that matters Maybe everybody else on the face of this earth rejects me or I feel rejected by them. I'm accepted by God. And that is the only person that matters. And I will walk in that boldly and I will walk in that confidently and I refuse to take on any other label, lie, or false identity. Next one, I am a child of God. Kind of goes along with that one. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. You know, we don't just sing about it. I am a child of God, right? Okay, you are a child of God. You're feeling like you're nothing? Uh Uh-uh. John 1.12 says that I am a child of God. Okay, so for those of you that have felt unloved at some point in your life, No, Romans 5, 8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. He sent his son to die because he loved. I am loved. I am loved. The the individual in my group that said that I'm unique and wonderfully made. Okay, well, what about that? Psalm 139, 13. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. You know what? Some of those quirkiness, the Lord gave it to me and I'm going to own it. Thank you, God. Let me, show me how to use it for your glory. You don't like your nose. God gave you that nose for a reason. Lord, you gave me that nose. I don't understand why, but you know what? I am unique and wonderfully made and I thank you for that. Whatever about yourself that you don't like. 
I am created with a purpose. Is anybody ever like, why am I here? I remember just every single day, the same thing over and over. Well, right here in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So Lord, you know these plans. I'm gonna come to you and I'm asking that you show me these plans that you have for me. And I'm gonna walk those out. Because I have a purpose and a destiny here on the earth. Okay, what about, I'll just never have any money. It's so hard. Well, first of all, if you're not working, you need to work, okay? The Word of God tells us that too, and I don't know the Scripture at the moment. Uh, Is it in Psalms, Proverbs? James, okay, you know, you don't work, you don't eat, all right? So there's that importance about knowing Scripture as well, right? Because you're not, like, just not working and kind of like I talked earlier and just expect it to just, okay? There, there are things that we have to do. But Deuteronomy 8, 18, it says, Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant that he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. And so, Lord, you have placed within me the ability to produce wealth. You have placed within me gifts and talents that I can give and I can use and I can do to fulfill the purposes and plans that you have for me. And so, Father, I pray that you show me and that you give me the power and you empower me to do everything that you've called me to do. Next one right here. I am strong. Anybody ever felt weak? (laughs) I'm not the only one. Yes, some of you, especially physically, have felt weak. But even when you're physically weak, it affects everything else at times. But here's the reality. Isaiah 41.10, it says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. There's a whole bunch of eyes in that verse. And who are those eyes referring to? The Lord, right? Don't be afraid for I, the Lord, am with you. Don't be discouraged for I, your God, am with you. I, your God, will strengthen you and help you. I, talking about God, will hold you up with his victorious hand. So guys, this is kind of like, you know, we're talking about casting those burdens again. Part of that's, okay, God, I know I can't do this in my own strength. I need you. Show me what that looks like. I know that I can walk through whatever circumstance comes my way, not in my own strength, because you are alongside holding me, carrying me, strengthening me, helping me, encouraging me when maybe I'm discouraged and down. Last one right here, I'm healed. Isaiah 53, 5 says right here, you know, maybe you're feeling sick in your body, right? Isaiah 53, 5, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. You know, sometimes we've got to tell our body, (laughs) body, line up. (laughs) Sometimes we have to remind ourselves of what the word of God says for that circumstance and that situation, right? Doesn't mean that you can't see a doctor. Doesn't mean that you can't seek other things. I mean, there's other things that we can do. But I don't know. Times when I have struggled, you know, I've been like, Lord, and I I visualize, Lord, you went to that cross. You were whipped. You did on that for this ailment that I'm feeling right now. 
And so, Lord, I surrender that to you. I reject it. I do not claim it as my own. And I'm, you've done it. I'm giving it to you. And, you know, and a lot of times as we use his scripture and we put those things into place, into action, it helps us. It helps us. We're lining up our soul, right, our mind, will, and emotions with truly our spirit man and what he's already done. And so, guys, whatever lie or our false identity maybe you've taken on, maybe I didn't hit what yours was through these scriptures, guys, find, find a scripture that identifies the truth of who you are, the truth of who God says you are. So the first thing, we identify the lie, then we identify the truth, you know, and a lot of people have some knowledge, but if you just have knowledge and you don't act on it, how is it going to benefit you? It's not. It's just going to be head knowledge. And so to change this false identity we have, we have to actually apply the truth to our lives, right? And so once you recognize that false belief, you surrender it to God, you turn away from it by choosing not to agree with it, choosing not to be whatever label has said, and then you replace that with what the Word of God says. And one way that you can apply that truth is by personalizing it with prayer. Now, I've given y'all a few examples of that just a while ago when I was doing those scriptures. But um, let me, I'm gonna read this prayer. Um, one of the people in our group actually did it on Wednesday night. And, um, and this is an individual that when faced with sin, that sometimes they go back to, that they're like, nope, I'm victorious. I'm not gonna be defeated. This is something that they pray over their life. And so they gave me permission to, to share it here. So I encourage you just to listen to this. It says, Father, I thank you that you did not make me to sin, but you made me for righteousness. That sin is not even who I am. Please take away every desire out of me that is not of you. Put your heart in me. Teach me to walk by the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You have made me dead to sin and a slave to righteousness. God, thank you for changing my heart to look like yours. I have died to sin and you made me free from it. God, I so thank you that sin cannot have dominion over me because I am not under the law, but under your grace. Thank you for fathering me. Thank you for making me free. I love you and I give myself to you. That's just one way that we can personalize prayer, is taking his word, dismissing the lies, replacing them with truth, and reminding ourselves of who he says we are and who we are, even though our flesh doesn't always do the right thing. You can do the same thing with healing. I mean, we've got so many sheets over the years of confessions of God's word that you can take on and put on. The next thing I want to encourage you to do when you're trying to apply that truth is to speak it out. You know, sometimes we just think on it up here. But I know for me personally, I have to say that thing out loud for this to line up with this to line up with what God says. You know, I can just kind of in here and like, oh, I know what your word says. But when I speak it, it's almost like there's a freedom that comes in that moment that I proclaim, nope, I refuse to take that on. And this is who you say that I am. And the next thing here is that, guys, we have to make sure that we continue to renew our mind. And, you know, we read that scripture. That's something that we do daily. It is something that we do daily. We have to think on his word. We have to meditate on it. We have to con contemplate it, go over and over. It's, it's not always just a one-time thing. You got the victory then. You're faced with that same thing. 
One hour later, Lord, here's what your word says. Meditate on it. Take on the nature of who he says. And then the last thing I want to encourage you in, and this is just something that we talked about in group the other day, is about the importance of actually telling someone. You know, sometimes there is such freedom, and especially if it's a sin issue, but even if it's just something that you've contemplated on the inside and struggled with, when you can just tell somebody, it's like kind of bringing into the light something that's been in the darkness. And sometimes that just it frees you up. But then it also, for me in my life, it helps bring accountability. When I can tell that person, you know what, I am struggling with this. Would you please ask me how I'm doing? Would you please say, how is this situation? Or if you recognize that I'm going there, will you be like, remember, you said we're, we're working on this and you wanted me to help you with that. Right? And so it's important that we tell somebody, we bring it out of the darkness, we get that accountability. And so as we begin to close here, you know, what are you telling yourself? Are you affirming a lie about yourself? Are you taking on a false identity? Or are you believing the truth of who God says you are? I'm going to have the worship team come up. And as they're doing that, I've got three Bible characters that I'm just going to mention that kind of dealed with identity a little bit. So the first one, we have Moses, right? I mean, here he was, and God's like, you're going to save all these people. And he was like, what? I can't talk. I can't speak. I couldn't possibly, Lord, send somebody else, right? And what did he end up doing? He led them out of slavery into the wilderness and got them to that place where they got to go into the promised land. So even in his insecurities, even in those things that he thought he was not enough, he took on, I mean, God chose him, right? The next person, Peter. Y'all, did you think about this? I mean, Peter went from denying Jesus three times in a short, I don't know him. What are you talking about? I don't know who he is. What? Denying him three times. And, and what did he end up doing? He ended up writing two books in the New Testament. He's one of the closest three to Jesus. I believe his name, Peter, ended up meaning what? The rock. He didn't let that one event define the end picture. And the third one I want to talk about right here was Paul, that we also know as Saul, right? From that moment, that encounter with Jesus, blinded, thrown off the donkey. <laughs> I mean, he had been murdering Christians up to that point seeking them out, finding ways to kill them or have them killed. He had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. He began to embrace his true identity. He was given that new name instead of being defined by the evil that he done had done. He took on the new identity that God gave him. Lord, guys, We've been talking about identity. And I know that your desire like mine is that you just wanna please the Lord. You wanna accomplish all that God's called you to be and do. And I truly want less of me and more of Him. And the way for there to be less of me is to say, God, what false identity am I taking on? What lies am I believing that I need to reject? and take on the truth. 
encourage all of you to just close your eyes right now and, and just ask the Lord. Lord, is there, first of all, you might want to ask him, Lord, is there a voice I'm listening to that I shouldn't be listening to? Maybe you need to ask yourself, am I going to you first and then getting others to come alongside and confirm that truth that you've placed within me? I'm asking you today, you know, what identity are you going to choose to believe? Because here's the reality is we have a good, good father, a good, good shepherd who loves us more than we can ever imagine. If we go back to that sheep analogy for a moment, you know, what I love about our shepherd is that as a sheep, if, if we need rescuing, he's right there to rescue us. If we're sick, he's there to heal if we're tired, he's there to carry that burden. If we're afraid, he's there to bring us comfort. And so this morning, what is it that you, what, what is it that you need from the Lord? Maybe you're here and you have never, maybe you're not a sheep yet. Maybe you've never called upon Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and to provide all these things that we've talked about. If that's you and you're here, or if you're even watching online, I just encourage you to pray this with me. Lord, I want to be your sheep. I'm tired of doing this in my own strength. I'm tired of doing this in my own ways. I, I recognize that I'm a sinner, that I have sinned, and I need you to come in to my life. I want to get rid of all those things, and I want to put you first in my life. I want to allow you to lead me and to guide me and to protect me and to come alongside and show me your way. Thank you. I repent of my sin. I ask you to come in and I ask you to be my all in all. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I wanna encourage you, if you did that for the first time or maybe you just recognize that he's not first in your life and you wanna make some changes, please put that on your connection card. Those of you that are watching online, those of you that are even here, those that are here, even at the end of service, we're gonna have our pastors and elders and our prayer partners come forward and tell them so that they can be in agreement with you. I'm gonna invite you guys to stand up at this time. We're gonna sing one more song. And I just encourage you guys, don't, don't let this just be another Sunday morning where you heard a word. But as we worship in this last song, just ask the Lord, Lord, what is it? that you're speaking to me this morning. And you know what? He might be saying, good job. And you're like, okay, Lord, thank you. Or he might be like, well, I wanna work on this area a little bit. Embrace it because he's bringing it to your attention because he loves you and because he wants your life to be easier and because he wants to come alongside and make things easier for you. So I just encourage you as we worship, ask the Holy Spirit, give him rule and reign to speak exactly what you need in this moment. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277. You are